Hey guys, welcome back to Unwrapping Success, the podcast all about how to succeed, stay motivated, and live a happy and healthy life. Today we're going to be talking about Chris Gardner, uh, not the other not the other Gardner, Chris Gardner <laughs> to be specific. Um, so yeah, sit back, sit back relax, uh, and enjoy our episode four, no five, five, five yep. of season three of Motivational Speakers. And yeah, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, share it. If you're on the audio, follow us, donate, links below. And yeah, let's hop into it. Tim, you want to give us a quick background on yeah. Chris? So Chris Gardner, for anybody who doesn't know, um, there's actually a movie about him starring Will Smith. It's called uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Um, it's a really good movie. I recommend it. It came out in when... It looks like 2006 it came out. Basically, this guy's story, uh, it's like a rags to riches. So in his early 20s, he found himself in extreme poverty and homelessness. And he was, you know, moving from shelter to shelter and sometimes sleeping outside with his toddler son um, in his early 20s. But he decided that he wanted that he had like bigger dreams for himself and wanted to get involved in banking and eventually wall street. So he got an internship at bear Stearns, which is a defunct and closed bank. Now they got bought by chase in the financial crisis. Um, but back in the eighties, when he was in his twenties, he got an internship there and it was like unpaid and it was highly competitive. Uh, in the movie, like there's this whole thing, like he doesn't even own a suit and he ends up, He ends up renting a suit and somehow it gets lost and he shows up to the interview literally in his window cleaner like outfit. So he's not wearing like appropriate attire, but he's so committed that they agree to hire him and he works his way through the entire internship under like harder conditions than anybody else because everybody else has a home to go to. A lot of them are like still living with their parents, but he's on the street and he's got a toddler. Uh, eventually he's like the one in 50 that they hire out of the internship. Perhaps it was one in 20. I don't remember. Um, but he gets hired and then he goes on to start his own brokerage firm after getting some experience as a stockbroker. And he ends up, I think he's a multimillionaire today and now obviously also a motivational speaker. So he's got a really interesting and compelling story. The movie it's, it's, the movie is highly motivating, but it's almost so sad what he's going through that the motivation, like, the you really need the motivation because right. he comes from a bad place. Yeah. Do you what happened to the the mother there? Was that just like a divorce situation, and he lost? I'm trying to remember. House? I I don't know how accurate the movie is. I'm pretty sure it's fairly accurate. Uh. There was something with, I think he, he, so he had like this entrepreneurial spirit, right? Yeah. Uh, because like he wanted to be a stockbroker. So he obviously had that. He bought like this special type of printer or something. And these printers were crap. They never sold. Nobody would ever buy like, it, it was like a $30,000 Xerox machine that did what like a normal Xerox did. I don't remember what it was, or maybe it was like an x-ray machine. It was a weird machine thing and they like went into like tons of debt because he bought up a bunch of those and tried to sell them Mm -hmm. you know like 
old school drop shipping. Yep. Um, and I think she just left him because like he was so broke and things kept getting worse. And she might have been mad about his internship, like not getting paid, given that they had a kid. The weird thing that I don't remember is why uh, he didn't get custody. I think he demanded custody. But I don't remember why the court... I don't remember that entire situation uh, with his wife. Okay. But she ends up out of the picture for the majority of the movie. Okay. Yeah, I still need to watch. That's on Netflix? Yep. Okay. I'm going to add that to my watch list. But um. And again, it's starring Will Smith. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised the internship was unpaid for such a, especially like for a big firm like that and it was also Well, it, it was the 80s. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so back then a lot of internships were unpaid. Because if you're if you're selling stocks as a stockbroker, like normally like you make money off commissions. So I wonder like if he was doing phone calls, like where those commissions went. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wasn't allowed to take any of them. I guess not. I... Yeah, I remember him doing calls in the movie, but the movie doesn't really, you know, focus on, like, the majority of the people watching that movie aren't interested in stock brokering. Mm-hmm. Go it's like if you've ever seen um, A Beautiful Mind about John Nash, it's not about game theory at all. Because the majority of the audience isn't interested in that. Right. There's only one scene that I think that has to do with game theory, and they get it wrong. <laughs> it's still a good scene. It's a good scene, yeah. But, but this, this, okay, so the video we're going to be watching is on a channel called Evan Carmichael. Uh, he speaks a little in this video. Uh, if I have to, I, Although for editing purposes, skipping over it might be a little difficult. So I might just let it play through. It's eight minutes long. It's pretty short. Uh, this guy's like three million subscribers. So I could see him like trying to copyright us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we get a copyright claim on this one video, I think it's okay. But um, it's not the end of the world. Let me share my screen so we can just like get Yeah, we would encourage up. just our, our viewers go check out his channel. I mean, if he's got three million subscribers, I'm sure he's got a good channel. Yeah. Also, why would he need to copyright claim us who are like such a small like podcast right now? I think the majority of claims are like uh, just automatic by YouTube. Yeah, right. Um, okay, I guess we can just get started. This has like 732,000 views, so a decent amount. This was uploaded back um, in 2015. So this is Chris Gardner's top 10 rules for success. So it's going to be pretty straightforward to the point. 10 rules that Chris Gardner has. And that's not Chris Gardner on the screen. If you're, uh, yeah, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. If you're on YouTube and if you're on the audio version that this first voice, I don't think is going to be Chris Gardner. Yeah. No. Okay. Ready and play. In the 1980s, he was homeless while he tried to raise his toddler son. To get off the streets, he became a stockbroker and later an entrepreneur. Today, he's worth millions and had Will Smith play him in a movie. He's Chris Gardner, and here are his top 10 rules for success. You got to have a plan. Yep. Everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a goal. What's the plan? 
and your plan has got to have something I call the C5 complex. Your plan has got to be clear, concise, compelling, consistent, and committed. You've got to have a plan. And when you're trying to do something that you're truly passionate about, there is no plan B. Okay. Plan B sucks. <laughs> That's actually so true. Okay. So it's as simple as that. Plan B you sucks. you got to have a plan. I mean, All think right. about that for a second. <clears throat> Three examples. Michael Jordan won six NBA championships with the Chicago Bulls because he was committed to plan A, not plan B. Oh. Oprah Winfrey became the queen of all media because she was committed to plan A, not plan B. Whatever your politics are, Barack Obama is sitting in the White House because he was committed to plan A, not plan B. Okay. Plan B sucks. For me. I'm gonna pause it there. Maybe maybe it's just better if we pause it like after each plan, since there are yeah. uh, not each plan, each, each rule, each rule. <laughs> yeah, uh, commit to a plan, or commit to plan A. I mean, that's true. I, I think he's basically like saying if you're gonna commit to something, like go all in, like don't, don't do something half baked. Yeah, I know I I can't stand it when like I settle. Settling is always like a huge letdown, and I think that he's just using different terminology for settling. Mm-hmm. Plan B. Um. Uh, so that's in the mindset of an entrepreneur. Obviously, I think I think Plan Bs are okay in other situations. Like if the restaurant you go you want to go to is closed, you have a Plan B. So go to another one. Do you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think this is just, like, business-related. Yeah, he might be closer to, like, our our first two in Gary and Casey, how he's entrepreneurial, but he's also older than they both are. Yeah, much older. Well, maybe not much older. I mean, he he is 67. Okay. So he probably has more experience than them. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything. I like that else shirt that he's wearing, by the way. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. Those went out of style. The shirts that had like different colors, collar and cuffs. Right, those used to be like popular, but now I've never seen those like yeah. recently. Yeah, they should bring them back. <laughs> okay, on to a. Uh, I keep wanting to say plan rule number two. Rule number two. Play. Regarding balance between family and business opportunities was always to be mindful of. In a tie, family comes first. My child always came first. If you've managed your relationships properly, the business presentation you're so concerned about, the big conference call that cannot happen without you on the phone, all those things can be rescheduled. But your son is going to have one first baseball game. Your daughter's going to have one first dance recital, and you got to be there. In a tie, family wins. Pause. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's like the whole thing that I think we try to stress on this podcast of how we're pro, like, entrepreneur and everything, but and we're, like, pro finance, and, like, we talk a lot about, like, ways to make money, ways to stay motivated, but the most important thing in life is relationships. Right. 
You know, I, I sometimes think about that, like, because both my parents work all the time, and I feel like they're so swamped with work that they don't get to enjoy their actual lives, which, like, I see that, and then I tell myself, like, when when I'm that age, like, I don't want that for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I want more work-life balance. Stop being a lazy <laughs> millennial, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try. Um I guess it's work. It's working smarter, not harder, right? Yep. But okay, on to number three, play. I made up my mind as a young guy. I wanted to become world class at something. I just had to find out what the something was going to be. And the very first time that I walked into a Wall Street trading room, I knew this is it. The ticker tape is rolling, the phones are ringing off the hook, people are screaming and shouting out orders, bodies are flying all over the place, and what looked like chaos to anybody else, I could see the natural rhythm in it. It was like I was reading a sheet of music, and I knew this is where I'm supposed to be. I kept coming back. I wore one branch manager down to the point that he says to me, Gardner, based on persistence alone, we're going to give you a shot. Man, I quit my job. That was all I wanted. I went home and I told my ex, you know what? You said I couldn't do it, but guess what? I started in two weeks. Pause. Wait, was that in reference to the movie? I got the Yeah, job? That, that was in the movie, yeah. Oh, it was? Yep. So Yeah, so like that ex is like, I forget what, her, what, what actress played her, but like she's the ex in the movie. That scene happened in the movie. Oh, I know what scene that is. Okay. So he was just so persistent that they ended up just giving him the job. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's a tip for people in search of jobs. I know we've done podcasts mm -hmm. on that before, but like really show that you want it. Be persistent. Uh, Yeah, I feel like honestly, three was kind of a reiteration of uh, that first rule, commit to plan A. Yeah, I'd say so. You just want to be world class in something. In econ, that would be like specialization. Right. So that's like, don't, if you try to catch too many rabbits, then you'll catch none. Yeah. Try to catch all the rabbits, you'll catch none. Knowledge a mile deep, uh, or knowledge an inch wide, a mile deep versus a mile wide and only an inch deep. Yeah. I know Casey Neistat does a little video on that, how, um, could like be really good at one thing or you could be like somewhat good at a bunch of things but ultimately Mm -hmm. all i hear is that you should specialize in one thing you don't want to spread yourself too thin but it's weird we go to school and we do spread ourselves thin you ever think about that i mean that was at our liberal arts school other schools are more specialized like if you know you want to be an engineer or you know you want to be a doctor uh then those schools are less specialized or, right. or more specialized rather. Yeah. Um, okay, on to number four, play. Too many of us for a long time have confused our net worth and our self-worth. Your net worth is going to fluctuate. It's going to go up and down. That's what money does. But your self-worth should not. Who you are, what's important to you, how you live, your values should never be negotiable, compromised, and you should never settle. Again, 
we have gotten to this point where we've got to say to ourselves, my net worth is not my self-worth. Pause. He, God, there, do you know where that was? Is that the Fed? No. That, that was uh, Grand Central Terminal. Oh, really? Yeah. You're in the Boston neighborhood. I'm in the New York neighborhood, so. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, you know, it's funny. He literally just said exactly what you said earlier about I don't like, I don't never settle. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally, there's so many people that I do think put a lot of pressure on their net worth. It's really not important. Just once you get to a certain threshold. Right. So he's saying that the two are not the same. Like one's, one does not affect the other. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess even if you're poor, you can still have high self-worth. That's like your character. And I guess That's like, like he's, he's a great example of somebody who like literally can't even afford a suit once upon a time, but he knew that he could be a good stockbroker. He believed in himself and he knew that he was worth it. Even if he didn't have the money for it. Do you think people nowadays who are applying to jobs are as persistent as Chris Gardner? I don't think they were back then. Like he's a huge outlier. Nobody's like Chris Gardner then or now. Yeah, he yeah he is a bit of an outlier. I don't think many people like would go to that length to get a job. Yeah, he's also he was in a tougher situation than the vast majority of people because most people do have someone or something to fall back on. Right. But he was really at like the end of his ropes. Isn't that what uh, Tony Robbins talked about? Like hitting rock bottom? Yeah, because he was like... I So so far from this, though, Chris Gardner, even though like he's somebody who did hit rock bottom, it doesn't seem like he's pushing toward rock bottom people. Like Tony Robbins definitely was pushing toward rock bottom people. But I don't remember... I don't remember Tony Robbins hitting rock bottom. Like any tragedy in his life. Not just, to say that there isn't. He just there, no. Remember there was that that was yeah. There was that one part where um he was like yeah I didn't even have a car. He's like he's like I didn't have a car, but like I was driving a Cadillac or something. Or it wasn't a Cadillac. It was some cheap car. I think basically he was getting at that his car barely worked. Yeah. But it was like weird the way that he phrased it. Oh no! Didn't he? Uh, I think Tony didn't his mother like try to beat him or stab him or something. Yeah, something like that. But I didn't think that that was like as bad as it sounds. I mean, yeah, this I thought guy he was. was just, like, I thought he was streets. just broke. Like it, it sounds like with a knife, like chased him out of the house with a knife. But I, I think he was just poor. Yeah, we should know this. I mean, we di- we did a podcast on. <laughs> was Tony Robbins poor? I mean, if he has a car, he's obviously not poor. A lot of poor people have cars, though. Uh, well, yeah, okay, you have a point if you're living in your car. Uh, I'd say Chris okay. Gardner. He said his home life was Tony Robbins. He said his home life was chaotic and abusive. When he was 17 years old, he left home and never returned. Okay. He was a janitor and did not attend college. Okay, that's, yeah, that's pretty tough. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I think Chris Gardner, like he had his back of a, was against the wall, so ultimately he had no choice to, but to like succeed at getting this job. But it didn't have to be this job. I think that that's what's like somewhat powerful is it was a risk, like a huge risk. He went for an unpaid internship. He could have gone to McDonald's and been guaranteed a job, or even window washing. I think he was. I, I think it was window washing that he was doing a bit before this. He could have stayed window washing or potentially, you know, even worked a little bit up, you know, the ladder at window washing. And he could have had a, a modest life, but he knew that he was worth more than a modest life. Uh, okay. I got you. <clears throat> that makes sense. Um, okay, let's move on to number six. Flight. How you motivate key employees, I believe, is number one. You got to respect them. You got to let them grow. And you got to trust them and leave them alone. And you have to also show them the opportunity to make more money than they've ever made in their lives. All of that combined, that's how you motivate your key core employees. Pause. That's so true. Like, um... Simon Sinek talk, talked a lot about managing, right? Yep. If like you're just breathing down your employees' necks, like they're not going to respect you as a leader. Yeah, again, that was like a businessy tip and everything. I'd say what's different though is he said like show your employees like how much money they could make. I went on an internship uh, internship interview once and the owner of the firm he showed us how much he makes, and he's like, that could be you. Wow. And it was like, it was like 400000 a month or something he was making. <laughs> a month? Yep. And he graduated from the same school as us. Wow, I didn't and know that. And interestingly enough, he was a social work major. Which is the the least lowest, paying, lowest the salary least paying internship, or least paying major college. But he went into finance. He argued that being a social work major gave him, like, the ability to connect with people in finance. So it was an applicable major. Mm -hmm. And you learn everything on the job anyway, so why the hell do you need a finance degree? Right. Yeah, so all the managers out there, take notes on uh, Chris Gardner and Simon Sinek. Uh, number six, or no, we just finished six, we're on seven, right? No, I think six is coming, change is necessary. Okay. Flight. If you're looking to instigate a change in your life, there's no better or worse time than right now. Hey, I understand, change is scary. With the status quo, you know what you've got. If you shake things up, there's no telling what you might end up with. But two other things are true about change. One, it's absolutely necessary for personal growth. And two, it's going to happen. Either you can pick the time to instigate the change you want, or the change in the time will pick you. So if you happen to be one of those people who's standing on the sidelines of your dreams, waiting for that perfect moment, if you want to make that change, but you just don't know if you're ready, this life lesson is for you. It's time to stop digging your potatoes Play. and jump. <laughs> <Our pot. laughs> 
That's just like what uh, Casey says. The only thing standing between you and everything you've ever wanted is doing it or yeah. getting it. Yep. Yeah. Who's th- what's his name? Who's the guy who always write wears the striped suit with the red tie? I'm blanking. Why? Why would he do that? Is he like supposed to meet somebody wearing a striped suit and white tie? No, no, no. no. There's another uh, guy. Here, I'm gonna look. I'll f- I'll find him real quick. Um, or maybe no. I I can't think of his name. But he he showed he did a presentation one time and he showed it was a video of a bunch of wildebeest just running in a straight line and then there was this lion that just sat there. And like all the wildebeest, they just kept running and running past him and running past him. And he never did anything. And then there's like, I think it was a female lion. And then this like giant male lion comes out of nowhere and just like devours one of the wildebeest. And he's like, he said, he's like, the lion that's sitting there, that's all of you. He's like, the lion that jumped in and like ate the wildebeest, he's like, that's me. Like I take, like when an opportunity comes, like I take it. I don't sit there and wait for a better one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think change, like he was saying change is inevitable. It's are you going to steer that change or are you going to just allow it to happen? What's an example of that? Like your like your environment's changing around you without you having any control of it versus you taking the initiative and going and changing something. About your life. Uh your job your job is going to change over time and it's going it's going to change out of your control if you just stay put in the same job and just keep going to work every day your manager is going to give you additional tasks over time and you don't have any control but if you go out and get a different job then you're taking control and if you're actively shaping what your job is you know coming up with tasks and trying to suggest them like to a manager ahead of time then you create your job that's a good example i guess that's like uh the word entrepreneurship that they use now also yeah like Uh you could sit there and you could just do the same task over and over again and i mean like it'll stay pretty constant for the most part might get a raise but unless you like take the initiative and like ask for a raise or maybe ask for like a higher up role. Like, like people are going to go above you eventually. Existing is easy. Uh, but you know, thriving and creating your life is difficult. Facts, big facts. I wonder if this. I wonder if Chris Gardner got remarried. He probably did, um, right? I mean, he said my ex, so I'm assuming he has someone new. I mean, they're your ex before you meet anybody else, even. True. Um, I don't see a wife on his uh, Wikipedia page, but that doesn't mean definitively. He just focused on himself. His whole life. Which I respect. 
Um, okay, number seven, play. Baby steps count, too, as long as you're going forward. And one day you add all those baby steps up, and you might be surprised at where you can get to. But more importantly, I remember something my mom used to say to me every day. She would say, son, the cavalry ain't coming. You got to do this yourself. Ain't no backup. Okay? Mm-hmm. And when you put those two things together, man, um, it wasn't as hard to keep going forward as you might think. Pause. Yeah, I'm bad at that. Realizing that the baby steps count. I can be bad at that sometimes. Yeah, because the hardest part of doing anything is starting. Yeah, when you when you think about like um every task in a job is a baby step toward, you know, a raise even. You can, right. Every single day you show up is a baby step toward a raise. But you don't really think about that day to day. No. Um I think that's why they tell people to, like, if a task is overwhelming, break it up into small, manageable pieces. Like, cause you're look- I feel like that, that's almost the opposite, though. Really? Yeah, like, like, it is related because it's, like, the complete opposite, where... Unless, maybe, maybe that's more what he was saying, but when, when I think about that statement, it's, like... The baby steps are the given, as opposed to the larger task being the given. What do you mean by that? So it's a, a given that I have to show up to work every day. Yeah. But it, it it's not like immediately apparent that it's a given that I'll get a raise someday. So I have to do the baby steps in order to achieve the long-term goal. Versus breaking down the long-term goal it starts with i want to be a millionaire and then you come up with the steps to get there which is different from when i struggle with baby steps it's it's not realizing going into work tomorrow is working toward that raise okay okay does does that make sense yeah yeah i see what you're saying do you want to move on to number eight yeah, I think like number eight like relates to everything. Whatever. Um, okay, polite. Uh, well, now that we can see how short life really can be, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? That's a trigger. Huh? That's the biggest trigger that I have <laughs> ever triggered. experienced. What are you going to do the rest of your life? And what I had to do I had to start taking some of my own advice. I have been telling people, I had written about it for a very long time, that if you're doing something that you're not totally committed to, if you're doing something that you're not totally passionate about, you're compromising yourself every day. Pause. I feel like, I mean, like, I've heard that before. That's nothing really new. We've preached that on our podcast how many times? A piece of me agrees. It just it it does have the little, it like it it comes with the caveat that perhaps I sh- doesn't even need to be mentioned that like work working the job that you love doesn't mean that you never go into work. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just that know. same caveat again. Just because I think so many people are misled by that. Work a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's just not true. Right. Except if you're and Gary V. He just he just loves going into work every day. I don't think Gary V does. I, I, I don't think it's buy a stretch. It. I think it's a stretch. He's a human being. It's like all the YouTubers that talk about how much they love what they're doing, but then like they do admit from time to time, like, yeah, editing sucks. Yeah. How many YouTubers say that, that they have burnout and then they go on these long stretches without uploading a single video? Mm-hmm. And then they're getting like tons of hate comments and it's like unsub. Yeah. It's funny, like as a YouTuber or an entrepreneur, like you can do that. Like since most of their revenue is on autopilot, you can't mm-hmm. do that if you have like a nine to five job. You can't be like, I'm a little burned out, so I'm just going to take like two months off, you know? That is one nice, really so- really good like benefit yeah. of entrepreneurship. But once again, like every time I hear like follow your passion, like, <laughs> like you don't want to be living on the streets, you know what I mean? And sometimes your passion mm-hmm. costs money. Yeah, that's a reason why, like, I always say if people don't know what their passion is, just make money. Make money as aggressively as you can right now because whatever it is, when you figure it out, you're going to want money. Right. And a lot of the times you'll hear them say, follow your passion, but the thing is not a lot of people even know what their passion is. I wonder what percent of people make it to 50 and, like, they still couldn't tell you what their passion is. Well, I feel I, like it is the majority of people. I think people's passions just like, I think they come and go over time. Like you'll be passionate about something for a period of time. It'll just naturally end. That's true. I mean, we talk about your passion as if it's like a singular thing, but it's right. really multiple things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you think there was ever like a period in, in like Steve Jobs's fifties where he was like, "I hate technology and coding and computers." I'm sure there were days that Steve Jobs didn't feel like going into work, <laughs> and he probably didn't, and that's why he got fired. Yeah, I love that Apple fired Steve Jobs. <laughs> Fire the founder. <laughs> I hate the Steve Jobs movie. It was so bad. I liked uh, the first one with um, Ashton Kutcher. I didn't like the second one as much. Yeah. I, Although I, I I believe the second one was more accurate. More ac- he was like a robot in the second one. Mm-hmm. He neglected his daughter and everything. I mean, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I bet Steve Jobs, when he watched that movie, he was like, I was really that bad? He was dead. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the problems with getting famous, though. Like, suddenly all of your, like, skeletons in the closet just come out. And everybody's got them. Yeah. Then Hollywood likes to make films about you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, look, you neglected your daughter. <laughs> I know they made a big deal of that in the movie, too. <laughs> yeah. And his wife. 
Well, girlfriend. Oh, yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, it's just all around. It, it was a bad situation, but was it? Should it have been the focus of a Steve Jobs movie? Probably not. Everyone just we're talking about Chris Gardner. Yeah. We're <laughs> okay, number nine. Do it. Do whatever it takes. Play. It was presentable, but I wore the same two suits. Yeah. I had two suits, man, that I had Dude, to I wear one every day for a year. But you don't wear one it every blue, day. One gray. True. The joke around the office started. Oh, that's Chris Gardner. He's really <laughs> Civil War. <laughs> some days with the North, some days oh with the God. South. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget a recent experience. Doing my business on Wall Street, getting on the train to come back to Midtown, one o'clock in the afternoon. Normally, there's a lull. This train should be empty. But on this day, the train was full. Full of people, all in business suits. A guy recognizes me comes over and says, hey, are you Chris Gardner? We started talking. Turns out I'm in a car with the first wave of the 55,000 people who had just been laid off by Citibank. And I noticed something. Everyone's holding a box. You've seen the boxes. You've seen them on television. Wait, that's real? Got the house plant, the coffee mug, the pictures of their kids. And they're all going home. They're all going home to tell their wife, their husband, their children, and the landlord they don't have a job. I began to share with this young guy that, well, you know what? Yeah, you lost your job. But you haven't lost your skills, your talent, or your expertise. What we've got to do now is create opportunities where the skill, talent, and expertise can be transferable. Creating an opportunity and looking for a job are two different things. This could be prime time for pushing your button. Rather, finding your button. What do I mean by that? Prime time to find that one thing that you love to do so much, you would get up in the morning and do it free. Prime time to find that one thing that the sun cannot come up soon enough in the morning because you want to go do your thing. This could be that time in your Pause. life. Okay, I need to I need to go on a mini rant because, like, he just okay. reminded me of something. Go for it. I like this is a personal belief. I can master, a, like, at my job, I could master my um, job that I'm doing, like the specific task I do on a day to day. Right, become an absolute expert at that. But my value as an employee, I don't. I think there's a disconnect between like my personal value and then what I'm actually doing on a daily day on a daily basis and how good I am with my job. I don't want to like get my self worth from how good of a job I can do at that specific task. My ultimate goal is to like is is in econ human capital, right? Like I want to mm-hmm. become the best version of me. So I can take those skills and apply it to anything, right? Increase the efficiency of the United States economy. Exactly. So like going back to our school, when it says education um, for 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 a life. Yeah. Like, I mean, the big emphasis there is like, we're not, we're not going to teach you what to think, but how to think. I think it's much more important, like building your, 
like problem solving skills, your technical skills, communication skills, so that you can apply it to anything. And on top of that, what to think expires in 20 years. Exactly. Like it's getting crazy fast now how quickly like what's important is just not important to know anymore. Right. So going back to my example of like using Excel, like being a master that I could become the best Excel person ever. Maybe just on my team, right? Eventually Mm Excel is going to go away and a new program is going to take it over. I don't know how long it's going to take, but therefore my self-worth is gone if I only did Excel my whole life, right? And I never mm-hmm. developed any other software skills or I never developed the skills on, on how to think as a technical person. Therefore, I attached my personal value to like the value of how good I am at doing my like specific task. So I think it's much more important like you focus on you and like you constantly be learning other skills, constantly reading like different sorts of books, watching different like videos, like learning as much as you can so that when you do do a new task, like you can be, you can learn it really quickly. Cause I think I like, I think a lot of companies now value just like, are you a fast learner? Like, can you pick things up quickly? Cause we don't have to, we don't want to be spending like hours, days, months trying to train you to do something. I mean, that's related, uh, to when when you're trying to figure out what your passion is uh not only should you be building money during that time when you're not sure but also you know be researching and learning things and increasing your skill set because skills are oftentimes transferable to anything right like just building on your excel example that's not to say it's not worthwhile to learn Excel because those skills will transfer to whatever is the next step. It's just your worth shouldn't be connected to Excel in any way. Exactly. So, I mean, it's yeah. almost like having a, like improve, increasing your diversification of skill of your skill set. Yeah. Can you just flip back to those uh, 10 rules real quick? Yeah, sure. That way we can get them on screen. Uh, start where you're, where you are. That was number ten. Uh, yeah, I really like this all. Like, it was cool. This is my first time hearing the real Chris Gardner speak, and not Will Smith. <laughs> it is different. Uh, it's definitely different. No, it's funny how like. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but like Will Smith, like had like the goatee and everything, and like Will Smith actually, I thought looked a good amount. Like he did look like a, li- yeah, he did kind of look like him. <laughs> they they casted well. I I don't want that to come off wrong. Um, but yeah, so one more time, those ten tips. Like if you're on the audio version, they were commit to plan A, uh, don't settle for plan B. And his examples were like Oprah Winfrey was as successful as she was because she committed to plan A. Michael Jordan was as successful as he was because he committed to plan A. Barack Obama Obama. never would have been in the White House if he went with plan B. Um, And then tip two was uh, put family first. Uh, Rule three was decide to be world class, which I think was similar to, you know, rule one. one. Um. Uh, rule four was have self-worth. You know, you can't 
his story was so powerful because he knew his worth even when nobody else did. Yep. Um, rule five, keep your team motivated. I think I gained like the least from that one just because I'm not in like an entrepreneurial moment or at least not like not a traditional business moment. Like I, I don't think a lot about that. Mm-hmm. I think I think about that a lot now just because I have a manager. <laughs> I mean, like I re- like I started substitute teaching and like there's like nudging the kids like to keep working sometimes. But yeah. I don't know. It's different. Um, Rule six change is necessary. I say get ahead of the change. And I think uh, Chris Gardner was on the same page with that. Yeah. Rule seven uh, baby steps count. Uh, rule eight follow your passion or figure out what it is um and then rule nine do whatever it takes and rule 10 start where you are don't wait i don't know did, did i add too much no no you're good i like i just like i think i like to rule 10 the best I, or at least i like the story he told about everyone being laid off at uh you say Citibank? yeah I don't know, was that like 1987 with I'm not sure with uh, the bad October crash? I don't know. I I'm just, just I just found it so guessing. funny how everyone was carrying boxes with like the little plants. It's like that's so that's so like in Hollywood and I can't believe it's actually real. They were all like the desk plants. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like losing your job is scary, but it's not scary when you know you could just get another one pretty quickly. I mean, if you get fired, no matter what, you're gonna have a gap in pay, right? Which is always tough. But I only, th- um, I only think that affects those who are living pay paycheck to paycheck. If you're laid off and you have decent cash, like, are you really that worried? I hear what you're saying, and like our listeners on this, I would hope that they would be the kind of people who have that stockpile of cash that that are safe in case. But I know that the majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and yeah. it is so expensive nowadays. And like, then again, rule ten: start where you are. The truth is, like a lot of people, if they're laid off tomorrow and they haven't been thinking ahead then that's, like, a really tough situation. How, do you know, like, how most people are laid off these days? Like, what is the reason, like, what is the reason that people get laid off? Like, it's normally, like, I don't think it's mostly, like, people get fired unless they're doing a really bad job. It's cutting costs, right, for the company? In the white collar world, I think it's like they don't get tenure or pension contracts, you know, like yeah. They don't they don't move up the ladder once hired, usually. That would be how they get fired. Um, so it's like a soft firing. And in the blue collar world, I think their hours just get reduced. And so I think the majority of firings are gradual nowadays. Um And then when there's like recessions, people get laid off. But the other weird thing about the moment in time that we're living in is 
it has been a continual growth economy with one exception for the past 12 years. Mm-hmm. And that exception was huge, like COVID and the, the whole recession associated with that. But that was such a, that was an odd event too. So it's been a while since like a lot of people have been fired truthfully outside of recessions. I hope I don't have to, I knock on wood, I don't think I've been fired from a job yet. I think most people are never fired. Most people quit and move around like, like I've never been fired and, um, well, don't, well, what's that, what's that metric in econ? It's like the quit, quit rate. rate. That that actually shows like a strong economy. Yeah, but that's different from getting fired. Like I, I think the majority of people quit. They don't they don't get fired. The majority of exits from firms are caused by people, not by are, are caused by workers, not employers. Right. Um I like I liked his list though. I think I think uh he was pretty practical in his tips. I like how he gave like personal stories to maybe like connect with him a little more on a personal level. Yeah. Um as an ap- appendix to this podcast, like it would be awesome if people went and watched the movie if they haven't already, because the movie's really good. I mean, I, it's like a four and a half star movie for sure. It's up there with like Shawshank Redemption, Godfather. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it put it on that it's like level. God like tier. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a Will Smith movie. <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's I a Will, Smith, Will Smith, but like Men in Black. Yeah, hey, Men in Black's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, but like it's through and through a Will Smith movie. Or uh, Hancock. <laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah. So. It is a really good move. Um, now we have to rank people. One oh, through, it's that time? One through five. Uh, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first this time. Okay. I'd say... Gary... Right, you st- can start with Gary. Yeah, Gary's still number one. He's probably not going to move unless someone really blows me out of the park. Uh... You just don't want to cheat on Gary V. Like, like yeah, because he'll kill me. Yeah, he, he's your favorite motivational speaker, and if you cheat on him by listening to somebody <laughs> else, you'll just feel dirty. I will. He'll probably come to my house and then uh, <laughs> tell me to go to garage sales or something. <laughs> um, but uh, Gary won, and then I want to say Casey two. I'm trying to see if I liked him more than Simon. It's tough because I put I put him like equal with Simon. Okay. Maybe Simon. Maybe I like Chris a, light, a little more. Chris than Simon. I feel Simon. like Chris has a cooler story. Yeah, I think that's why I like Chris a little more. It's because he, he has a unique backstory. I'd say Chris, Simon, and then Tony. Yep. Uh, so for me, it's Casey, Gary. I'd say 
Chris, uh, Simon, and Tony Robbins. Okay. This is interesting. So we have very so we have very similar lists, honestly. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that one. Like these are all good. I'm waiting for like the god tier like motivational video. Like the one that makes me feel so motivated that I just want to start a new business tomorrow, <laughs> even though I have no time for anything at this point in my life. <laughs> I've been thinking about that though. Like I'm so booked with things. If I add one more thing onto my plate, like I think I will break down and like everything else will just crumble because I'm I'd spread myself too thin. Because mm-hmm. right now it's I mean I I can literally list out like all the aspects of my life right now it's it's like fitness work study um YouTube and podcast and then I'd put like maybe a six that's read or or just learning in general like learning new information. So I probably have like mm-hmm. six big aspects to my life. And then there's like social life, which is like that's like that <laughs> that's sadly not a priority for me. Yeah, you gotta uh focus on rule number nine, do whatever it takes. Yeah. But I think I don't want to go to the extreme where decide like, to be world class in something. Yeah. Rule number three. But like I like all those aspects. I can't I can't cut them out. Like I can't. You gotta specialize. You gotta pick one. I just have to pick one. Yep. Just one. <laughs> well, I can't cut out fitness or else I'd go mentally insane. No, no, no no exceptions. Okay. Just one. Yeah. I can't pick one. But... No, so that was uh Chris Gardner, unless you have anything else to say about him? No, no, I think that's it. I like the video. Yep. Uh, who do we have next? Do you know who next week is? I don't. Who is it? Jordan Peterson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bombshell. So, uh, oh, I. that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, he's going to be a bit different. Um... We'll talk about him. Then we've got a bunch of other people coming up. We're now at the halfway point of the season. Uh, I think we've done five great people so far, and I think we've got five more great people coming. Yeah. It's funny because at the timing of this recording, I think we're half or we're at episode five of our of season two, I think. Yeah, I think they are lined up. Yeah. Seasons. It's crazy how how far or how long ago that was. Yeah, I mean, it was like summertime then. Yeah, now it's cold. It's not cold. It gets cold at night. But yeah, yeah the sun sets at like 7. <laughs> yeah, it's depressing. It's already dark out. But people yep. uh like, subscribe, comment, help support the podcast, share it. Shares help immensely, likes help immensely on YouTube. And we will see you on next week's episode with Jordan Peterson. So stay tuned then and goodbye, everyone. See you on the next one.